This is your Week in Gaming, episode 13, recorded for the 14th of July 2023 to bring you all the latest news from the world of gaming. On today's episode of the podcast, Sam and I talk Game Pass, some retro games, Diablo, Microsoft Steel, and an amazing gaming quad. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 13 of your Week in Gaming. Those numbers keep on ticking up, slowly but surely. Uh, but uh, I'm joined on this very cold evening with Samantha. Yes, it's cold, bro. Oh. <laughs> you bro, couldn't I sound have three layers of clothing on and a blanket. All right, it is cold. Just so you know, you couldn't sound more South African than what you just did. Over there. <laughs> no, well, I, I should have thrown a brew on the end. It's cold, bro. Yes, brew. Yes, it's brew. My own it's... brew. It's, it was very cold. This last weekend was incredibly cold. And if there was ever gaming weather, it was definitely that. It's, a, it's the kind of weather where you need a cozy game to play. Just like Paleo, but we're going to have more about that later on because somebody cannot contain the excitement for it. But uh, anything interesting happen? You sound a lot better than what you did last week. Yeah, uh, I'm getting healthier. And that's probably the best news that I have at the moment. Um, <laughs> and... Counter-Strike player break is over, which means I have work again. Yay! So that's good. All, all the esports is going to be happening again, uh, you know, just as the players, you know, as we need holidays, players need holidays as well. They uh, they work really hard. Uh, there's been a couple of announcements of things that have been out in the, uh, the Counter-Strike scene. So looking forward to all of that and uh, all the Counter-Strike coming up. Gaming news now and everyone's beloved Game Pass is returning for a very steep price of one singular US dollar. That's right, PC Gamer reports that Xbox Game Pass is returning once again for a $1 promo. And this includes the Ultimate Edition, which gives you access to Xbox Cloud gaming beta services, um, as well as a wider variety of games. Uh, once your month is up, though, you'll have to pay the $10 for the normal Xbox Game Pass or $17 for the Ultimate version or your local equivalent uh, currency. It, it, at, at what stage do we, like, Microsoft is just, you know... It's it's never going to be sunset this this promotion surely. Do you mean the fact that it keeps cropping up? Yeah, it's just, like it's it, not on perpetually. Uh, it's but but it's like there guys they were going to get rid of it and then it's like okay hey guys it's the one dollar <laughs> promo again and it just seems like at at some stage everybody must have have used Xbox Game Pass right and if you know we've got some news later on which maybe this is kind of leaning into being like guys oh, so. You know, if there was ever a time to get on board with, you know, the acquisition that we're going to have, like, now is the time. I do wonder. So, obviously, I say obviously, I'm assuming that if you are already a Game Pass member, you do not qualify for the $1 no. special. See, that's just rude, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I, I feel singled out, and uh, I don't like it. No, but fair enough. I think for bringing in more people, more players. I know we've spoken about Game Pass quite a lot uh, over the course of this podcast. And one of the big things that keeps cropping up is like, is it worth it for everyone? And for a lot of players, it's absolutely worth it. You, there are so many games there, brand new games, hot off the uh -huh. presses also uh, coming through on Game Pass as well. You know, the the, the uh, day one exclusives, or well, not exclusives, but day one access. Um, really cool. But like for a gamer like me, for example, and I do have Game Pass, so it's a bit of an odd one, but like I barely play games ever. 
And if I do, I buy one game and I play that for like eight months straight. So it doesn't always make the most sense. But when the $1 thing comes out, then you're like, oh, yeah. There's like 70 games on Game Pass that I want to try that I'm considering, you know, getting. Like maybe I'm looking for my next 12-month binge game and I want to try out a bunch of different games to see which one is going to keep me occupied for 12 months. I know I'll pay $1 and spend an entire month trying 100 plus <laughs> different games and that'll help exactly. me figure out what my next binge is, you know? Uh, so I suppose it, it just depends on the person and, and what you're looking for. Uh, but it is a cool initiative. It's great that they're still trying to bring in more people and I think they still make a lot of money out of it even though it is at a, a mm. greatly reduced price. So that works. Yeah. So if you were ever on the fence about it and maybe, you know, times uh, didn't allow you to pay the $10 or the $17, now is a great time to just go give it a try, see what is there. Maybe you, it's for you, maybe it's not. But uh, Game Pass, guys, <laughs> it's, it's not going to go away by the look of things. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, moving on over, and this one is a really, really sad one for me because I think it's something that we've spoken about indirectly, right? Retro games, old games, games that you just cannot get anymore. Last week, we were talking about the old Harry Potter games. Uh, some time ago, we were talking about the, the Croc remake that's coming out, the Red Dead Redemption remake that's coming out. Uh, so there's, there's still a market for some of the older games. But here's a fun fact. 87% of retro games, and by retro, to clarify, any game brought out prior to 2010. So some of these games are, are under 15 years old and 87% of them, almost nine in 10 games are lost to time because maybe they only had a physical release. They've never been digitized and technology has advanced. You know, we're not on MS-DOS anymore. We're not on like Windows 97 or whatever. Um, nobody's playing PlayStation 1. So all of those games are just lost into the ether and that's really really depressing like anyone who wants to study the history of games is going to struggle and some of those games you might be able to find in like libraries and stuff but it'll be very very limited edition and you can find some of those games on ebay but some of them some of them will be relatively cheap uh, i know one of my friends zach was showing me um the original croc game for ps1 you can get it for like 99 cents but some of the more like uh what's the word, like collectible games, they're going to cost you a fortune. Uh, as, as a collector myself, I've got a, a bunch of manga that I collect and a lot of them are out of print. And some of those volumes go for like $50 a pop just because it's out of print. So some of these games are going to become ridiculously expensive just because they haven't been digitized and made available in any way. So your only option really is to pirate. And while I know a lot of people have no qualms about sailing the high seas, especially those of us in third world countries with very limited access to like funds, um, personally, I'm not a fan of it. I, you know, I, I do the right thing. I pay my Netflix subscription, my Crunchyroll subscription, all of that. So I like to be as upfront as possible but i'll admit it even for for myself if if there is a game that i know that i cannot get through a legal means i'm gonna pirate it and one of these days pirating isn't even going to be possible anymore either so uh yeah there's, there's just your sad fact of the day i was just reading through you know skimming through the article that you've you've got linked in our document here and something like yakuza that was released in 2006. That's like one game that you cannot find. It was out on the PlayStation 2. So if you think about it, the PlayStation 3 was even before 2010, if I'm not mistaken, right? 
So pretty much, pretty this pretty much entails close to every single PlayStation Two game, PlayStation One game, NES, Super Nintendo. All of these games, if you take them away, right? And there was further on. They were talking about like you know uh, the the Game Boy Digital Shop also. Like yeah. if you took away games that were digitally on there, there's only like four, five percent of Game Boy games that you can actually still find like out in circulation. That is so scary. And there were such amazing games back on the uh, the Game Boy Color, the Game Boy Advance. Like mm-hmm. Fire Fire Emblem was one of those that I really enjoyed. Uh, Golden Sun, Golden Sun Two, um, were some really good games. But chances are you're not going to find those. And it just it feels like they they will potentially become a time where these games will be lost for for good and yeah. some people will never have the joy of hey what's super mario they won't even <laughs> know that i mean, I mean that's it, yeah, yeah i mean with the with the number of like super marios that are constantly coming out new versions mm. new editions they won't have access to the original one which sucks mm. but but i mean i was talking like um with some people in my in my discord earlier today and like andrew please tell me that you know circus charlie I know Circus Charlie. Thank I love okay. Circus Charlie. All of my UK friends are like, oh, that came out on the Commodore in 1980-something. Of course we don't know what it is. I'm like, man, y'all just don't know what's good. But Circus Charlie, Duck Hunt, all of those like old games. Excite Bike, Battle you know? City, you, Snow you, you Bros, Ice Climber. Anymore. They're gone. Yeah. They, like All of those old NES games. Sure, you can try and find an emulator for it, but like... It's just not. Ah, mm. oh, and yes, the the PlayStation Three came out in two thousand and six. Yeah, that's it's yeah, a lot of those games are going to be gone for time. And I, I, but... mean, I even think about games like um, I had a Shrek PlayStation Two game. I think it was Shrek Two or Shrek Three. That game was bomb. Okay, I also had a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory PlayStation game, which was actually <laughs> pretty difficult. It was so much fun. I I need to see if I still have it somewhere. I'm still busy like unpacking boxes. But there were so many dope games. And those are the kinds of games that are unlikely to ever be remastered or brought out in any other capacity because like they were very niche. Um, they had like a moment in time when they were good and and desirable and whatever. But now like who cares about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? So it's not something that we'll ever get the chance to play ever again. And I think a lot of people particularly you know closer to our age youngsters they don't really have this but for those of us that have been around for a few years and have seen the evolution of gaming the evolution of consoles the evolution of technology um i'm sure there are so many games that we're going to be missing out on yeah however just to end that little bit on a a slightly more positive uh if you if you got if you have the switch and you and you pay for the Nintendo membership so that you can play online. On their store, they do have access to the old NES and Super NES games. So if you do want to go play old school Excite Bike, and <laughs> I think it was like 1998 Soccer World Cup and uh, the original Zelda, the very first Zelda games that came out on 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 Super NES, you will be able to go and play those. So if you do have a Switch and you do want to really go down memory lane. Go check that out because at least then you'll be able to go and play some of those beautiful gems. Season one of Diablo 4 is scheduled to go live on July 20th, which was revealed on a live stream. IGN has reported that the season, titled Season of the Malignant, will bring a brand new questline, new powers, and the first battle pass. It'll take place after the events of the other main campaign and introduce a new character in, in Cormond, an ex-priest of the Cathedral of Light. There will also be new uh, boss monsters that can be summoned. 
and be more powerful. There are new items and so much more that was announced. Uh, the Caesar journey will take place over seven chapters, uh, with each rewarding you favor to help you open rewards in the battle pass. Uh, before this drops, the, you, you will want to ensure that you've collected all the altars of Lilith as well as explored every single place on the uh, the map because uh, this progress will save going into seasonal content. So there was a lot of talk about it, it's not, you're going to have to do it again. And everyone's like, mm -hmm. you know, stuff that. And they're like, no worry, guys. What we're going to do is your altars of Lilith progress as well as your exploration will continue over to the uh, your seasonal contract, uh, like your seasonal content. I'm incredibly hyped for it. I've never done a Diablo season. This season is going to be the very first time I'm doing a Diablo season. I'm super, super excited to try out uh, Druids. Um, I keep look, forgetting that you're like an Omega Diablo noob. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much a Diablo noob, but every single waking moment that I've been at my PC over like the last few weeks, it has basically just been Diablo and it's hooked. Now, as soon as people start seeing, oh, Battle Pass, money. Yes, mm. the Battle Pass will cost you money, but purely just for cosmetics. There's nothing game-breaking that is in the Game Pass, so you know what? I don't care. Yeah. The nice thing is that they are, you're going to be able to earn favor, which is going to uh, uh, help you progress the, uh, the Battle Pass, but there's also going to be something else, which is going to be, be these seasonal buffs. Now, you're going to be able to collect an item or items called Smoldering Ashes, and you can use those to bump up uh, these buffs that you have. Some of those buffs include um, additional experience, so you can help get yourself through your levels a lot quicker. Um, there will be things like uh, increased gold drop, in increased chance of these malignant hearts dropping. Um, there's, there's, there's other items of, of rare materials uh, being dropped from salvaging items. So... It looks like a lot of fun. I think, you know, people that are very new to Diablo don't understand, you know, the whole concept of seasons. Why must I do start a brand mm -hmm. new character? But I mean, a, a, you know, action RPGs, this is how they keep the games fresh and stuff. So there's this new, you know, new additional quests and things. Yeah. But how do they keep it fresh? Give everybody to start back on one level one and you play through it's not like you're going to lose that character forever. You'll still be able to play it on the Eternal Realm. That was my first thing. It was like, Caesar's Thousand Run Number One. No. And I'm like, no, <laughs> don't worry. Calm down. It, it will carry yeah. over. So yeah. you, I, I don't have to scratch my level 70 Necromancer off yet. <laughs> it can still stick around for a while. So the nice thing with this, uh, with Diablo 4, in, in previous games, uh, Seasons didn't add new... When I say it didn't add new content, I mean like like Diablo 3 added rifts for example and that was just like here's the thing to grind i guess um but for Diablo 3 to add a new quest line that's really cool i don't know if they'll be able to do that for every season i feel like it's a lot to ask um mm. but if they could do that maybe every second season or you know in some way just keep adding stuff like that because that's a lot of fun people don't want to just grind greater rifts forever and ever oh man you're not accomplishing anything you're just getting like you get better gear to get bigger numbers so that you can get more gear to make bigger mm. numbers like it's just this, this really boring cycle uh so i love the fact that they've got a new quest line in it uh and of course my takeaway from this is that i have eight days to get like 40 levels <laughs> i have not touched diablo in so long i've been busy with my move and everything uh and yeah it's been it's been a nightmare so i i need to hop back on my character asap and uh get good 
<laughs> yeah, so the patch actually will drop on July 18th, but with the full season only starting on July 20th. So you've got until then. Uh, do note, though, that the first time that you log in, log in with the character that has got the most progress because that will save across all your characters going mm-hmm. forward. That's the only thing that they've highlighted. So when the patch goes live, just log on to your main that has progressed the furthest. I've got one more area that I need to just go and get all the altars. Uh, once that's done, I will have all of that, you know, unlocked. That renown that you'll have for the exploration and, and the altars will con- you carry over. So you'll basically get two and a bit tiers when you create your first seasonal character, which means skill points, which is going to make the leveling a little bit easier. So it's going to help you progress and get your character up to, you know, where you'll be able to uh, change world tiers, get into the nightmare dungeons, get into the torments, and start hunting down those incredibly, incredibly rare ancestral unique items speaking of actibliz uh, we do have some news with the microsoft merger buyout deal etc etc now the uk uh, as we spoke about a few weeks ago is still attempting to block it but news came through uh, as of recording a couple of hours yesterday so what do we release uh, tuesday news came through on tuesday that um the U.S. federal court has said that the deal can go ahead. You know, the FTC, uh, their arguments are unfounded. Uh, There is not enough evidence to support their claims. And so they've said, well, go on ahead and this deal can go through. Now, of course, the U.K., even though they're still blocking it now, I think with the U.S. and just about every country on the planet... Uh, allowing this deal to go through it's very likely that the uk are going to crumble the uk's biggest thing at the moment has to do with like cloud sharing it's 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 a really really strange concept overall i know that they're worried about you know monopolizing a market and having so much of um the gaming industry owned by a single entity you know microsoft sony that is a massive massive umbrella Mm-hmm. Uh, they cover so many different facets of like the gaming world. So I do understand a little bit of the concern, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I don't really see the the issue here. So, uh, so yeah, it looks like Microsoft's buying Actibliz. And it's, and it's pretty much nearing that deadline that they had set, which I think was like the, uh, the 13th of July or 18th of July or something where the deal had to basically go through. Otherwise, it was 18th when uh, there was that fine that effectively mm-hmm. uh, Microsoft were going to have to pay uh, Activision Blizzard, which was like something like $6 billion, if I remember correctly, because I reported on it. And it's just I'm so happy to see that there's eventually something and it's heading in a direction that, you know, people can start finalizing, okay, thank goodness. Because I think under Microsoft, Blizzard will become better than what they were uh i think the last few years things have not been great um i think with a very big uh quality uh control team that microsoft has uh along with just the uh, the support and the kind of things that they want to do i think that it will be a bit of a turnaround we're not going to see it immediately but i do feel that we will we might be seeing the uh, the blizzard of old if you remember from back in like wizards yeah. of you know uh i say wizards i was talking about <laughs> wrath of the lich king sorry yeah. um like like back when wrath of the lich king and all of that came out that was like a peak of blizzard it was like when they had the most subscribers and things you know to world of warcraft so 
I hope that this is – I'm being very, very optimistic with all of this, and I just hope that this is a sign of some really good things to come. What I do find interesting is how much of this hinged around Call of Duty. <laughs> so one of the things that the FTC, one of the arguments was that um, Microsoft would have a financial incentive to make Call of Duty an Xbox console exclusive. Why? And apparently this is like, and, and the judge looked at this and went, no, like what a stupid argument because there are actual plans for the franchise to remain on PC come to switch and be available through cloud gaming so like it's just it's so weird to me that call of duty became like a like an important factor just on its own um they're going to have it on playstation because there's still a market that's playing it on playstation therefore they're going to be able to make money from it it, it makes no sense that they would actually just cut it out so it, it kind of feels like i understand where the concern is you know with uh oligopies and everything but i'm just I'm happy that it's finally taking some sort of traction and I'm hoping that maybe in the very nearish futureish future that uh, we'll be able to play World of Warcraft with an Xbox Game Pass. Hmm. Slightly uh, higher tier expensive <laughs> Game Pass, which will be fine. I'll, I'll, I've got no issue. But if it covers my subscription and I still have all the other benefits, I'm eventually just going to be the only one that has... I'll, I'll, the only like app I'll have is the Xbox uh, Game App. But to be fair... It is a lot worse than things like Battle.net. I think they should shift it over all onto like Battle.net's uh, design. It's a much better UI to work with. I will say, yeah, the Xbox uh, <laughs> app is terrible. Oh, man. It is. I'm trying to it navigate is. that. Also, I think that you are you are under the influence of some serious hopium right now. But, uh... <laughs> I, the hopium, there's a big tank right over here <laughs> that I'm busy sucking on. Yeah, just, just, just make just sure it's, it's hopium, but it's not the gas for your stove, all right? Like, just... <laughs> All right, oh. moving on to my soon-to-be successes. Uh, we actually spoke about Paleo. I think we spoke about Paleo last week, in fact. Uh, so really cool that the news came so shortly thereafter. Uh, I'd been waiting a long time to talk about Paleo. I first heard about this game about a year ago, and I was like, no, we're going to put it off, we're going to put it off, we're going to put it off. And eventually I was like, all right, now's the time. And the timing was perfect. Paleo has just announced that they are going into beta. That's right, folks. We spoke about this game last week. If you haven't gone to check it out, you absolutely have to. And to help you along with that, in fact, uh, they're going to have a gameplay first look on Tuesday, the 18th of July uh, at 7 p.m. South African time. Uh, that's going to be on their Twitch, which is Play Palea. And, and on their YouTube as well, because obviously uh, us South Africans, a lot of us struggle watching twitch mm -hmm. uh so the youtubers also play paleo and it's going to be absolutely dope so they're starting off with a stress test prior to the beta uh which unfortunately like that's basically only available for like alpha players people that have been playing all of those but then they come into a closed beta which starts on the 2nd of august and if you go and create an account on paleo you might just get chosen for one of the betas and then on the 10th of August, the open beta will begin. And the really cool thing is that if you do get into one of these betas, all of your progress will be kept. So when the game launches, whatever you did in the beta will carry over to the, the actual game. So I'm going to be ready and waiting at uh, on August 10th for the open beta. I think that's going to be a ton of fun. 
And also, when you sign up, you will get a referral code, uh, as Andrew knows, because I sent him mine. Um, if you, <laughs> you bring in up to five friends, and for each friend that you bring in, you get some like in-game cosmetics. It's like a little beanie and like a little sweater, and you know, little like plushy. a little plushy thing. Yeah, man, it's dope as hell. Um, so yeah, definitely go and check that one out. Oh, and regarding the um, uh, the the gameplay first look, they're apparently going to be deep diving into lore, skills, gameplay, and just the general beauty of the game. And, and as a reminder for anybody who, who missed the last episode or whatever, Palea is essentially an MMO, but it's a cozy MMO, right? Think like mm. Stardew Valley becomes an mmo so you play with your friends you go fishing you you know create a farm but you also go out and like fight monsters and design a beautiful home um it it really does have everything uh beautiful beautiful graphics i know that i talk about sunhaven a lot which has a somewhat similar vibe um Mm -hmm. but it's that same like pixel art style whereas palea is stunning artwork so think like more like the sims type type thing so um yeah, awesome game. Go check it out. Uh, and if you would like to use my referral code, it's on my Twitter. <laughs> so if somebody is not holding back about trying to get those things. Bro, I want just that so you guys stuff. know. <laughs> just, uh, uh, just so that everybody's aware. I got a DM from Sam the other day, and there was just this link. And it was like, sign up to pay you with my code. Thanks, lol. And I looked at this link, and I was like, hmm. A little sus. I had to interrogate her before going onto the podcast. Like, is this a paleo code and everything? Uh, to eventually, she said yes. Um, I've already sent it off to my wife, and she has signed up as well. So did, all did she the use uh, my code? no, she had used mine <laughs> because I also because I also <laughs> want the cosmetics. But it does look like a lot of fun. You know, if you want to think of another game that kind of is very similar to, it looks a little bit like Animal Crossing. So Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, Sunhaven, kind of. MMO. It looks cozy. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, oh, and it, it actually looks so cozy. Like I wouldn't mind. You see, this is the kind of game we needed last week when it was super cold here in yeah. South Africa, and you just wanted to cuddle up and just play something. You know, get your blankets and stuff by your computer, um, or you know wherever you play your games and just lie there in bed or sit by your computer and just play games. This is the perfect kind of game for it. It it looks so cool. And August 10th, open beta, right? That's it. That's a month away. That's not far. That's even, uh, that, oh, man, this, so, August and September is lining itself up to be a really good month, you know, a stretch of games. There's Baldur's Gate 3 that's coming out. And so there was that cinematic that's been doing its, its, its rounds on, on Twitter about the, uh, the Druid Bear and oh, one of the, uh, the characters, <laughs> which was mind-blowing, but also... Hey, that's D&D. That's exactly what you're going to get if you give your players the opportunity. Um, there's Starfield. There's uh, th- there's a whole bunch of releases that are coming out. So there's another game that's just being added to this this big you know cluster of games that is co- that's coming out and other big game DLCs that are coming out. So mm-hmm. it looks like fun. Uh, and if you guys want, go to Sam's Twitter and go and sign up with her coach. She'll be incredibly happy. You will literally make her day. Her week, probably. (laughs) And now in this week's news that nobody cares about, a Bristol composer has started a choir dedicated to singing gaming music. In the space of four days, more than a thousand people had signed up to join his choir, uh, which will be singing songs from games such as Zelda, 
Minecraft, and Halo. Uh, the group will be meeting online, and for their first session, we'll even be joined by Halo composer Martin O'Donnell. Now, if you've never heard the Halo soundtrack at all, or have never like seen a meme or whatever about gaming and everything, that, that iconic... Oh, I'm not a singer, so I can't really do it. But I mean, like, that is so iconic. The fact that there's a, you know, that the guy that composed it himself is going, you know, joining them, it looks like a ton of fun. I can't sing, so I, there's no way I'd be part of a, a choir at all. But, man, this this kind of thing makes me so happy to listen to, like, you know, fully, com- you know, uh, composed music, especially when it's sung by people that have got a passion for it as well. Thousand people. A thousand people singing video game songs. That's insane. And it's so cool because, like, so he's talking about during the pandemic, he set up these online choirs mm-hmm. and the demographic kind of skewed to older, mature people. Uh, and so he wanted to get younger people involved because like there are a lot of young people who can sing and whatever, uh, but they weren't getting involved because a lot of people find choirs lame. Uh, and so he made a gaming choir. So now people are going to join in and they're going to sing songs from video games. And I just think that's the best thing ever. There's actually a quote here from like a 14 year old um, who said, you know, there's something about the feeling that music brings to a game that changes everything. And I'm just like, there's a 14 year old in this choir. That's so cool. I love this. I love like, uh, there's like such a cool community aspect to it as well. I think that, um, you know, we talk about toxic gaming culture. And uh, we joke about the morons that are like, oh, video games cause school shootings. Like, no. But toxic gaming culture does exist. Not to that extent, Mm. but there are a lot of kids who, um, I mean, I'm sure anyone listening will know the feeling of hearing a 13-year-old voice telling you what he's going to do to your mama. Uh, and it, it, like it's 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 just ridiculous, and I just think to myself, how is this happening? So I think that a a really good influence, like a a gaming choir, um, I think it can only do good. <laughs> you see, this is one of those powerful things that gaming can do. I mean, there was this headline, you know, all the terrible things that are happening in France at the moment with the uh, the the riots and stuff. Uh, the the French Prime Minister basically it came out and was like, yeah, gaming is people are like. No. And so there's obviously still the stigma amongst, you know, some people about uh gaming, which 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 isn't great. And sometimes that is just like, oh come on. But when you see things like this where, you know, people are joining together because hey, you know what, I can sing, but also I don't want to necessarily go and bust out an opera, you know, or or like a seventies or sixties or fifties uh composed music. You want something that's a little bit more uh more modern this is like the perfect thing for it and a thousand people is a lot and i mean a 14 year old uh that i I was reading his quote now there as well he's like i tried playing games without music it's just not the same you know i've tried it as well it's terrible i cannot there needs to be some sort of music playing and good music can make or break a game and i'm just happy that you know something like you know fully composed orchestral music you know, where people are going to be singing old school games, music from like Zelda and things like that. Oh, it's going to be, I, if, if they ever had to tour here, I would actually want to go and book a ticket <laughs> to go and listen to a choir sing things like this. It would be amazing. 
Yeah, would it be so mind blowing? I think with the the online nature of it, I don't think that it'll be like a, a a touring type of choir. But I think that they'll probably do some really dope recordings and stuff, and stick them on like YouTube and whatever. Like I know we have. Oh, what is that youth choir? Um, there's, the Drakensberg, the Drakensberg no, youth no, no, choir, not the Drakensberg boys choir. Um, there was a there was a choir that went to, I think it was America's Got Talent, and. Oh man, I can't believe I've forgotten their name. I love them. Ndlovu, the Ndlovu Youth Choir. And I think they live in like Mpumalanga, Limpopo, like one of the one of those um further north oh, the, further north provinces, yeah. And they are exceptional. They're one of the most beautiful choirs. And they they put like an African twist on all of the songs that they do. So they do covers, but they put like an African twist on it. And it's really, really cool. And they have these like amazing recordings that you can listen to. So I'm hoping that we'll get something similar where like, we'll get these really cool YouTube videos where they'll have recordings of all of the people, maybe even, um, you know, have people webcam in and then turn that into like a cool mix. And you can see all the different people, all the different voice lines and whatever. It'd be so dope. It definitely will be. Um, I'm actually looking forward and I hope that there's some, some of this stuff ends up on places like Spotify uh, and other streaming platforms, uh, you know, just to make it even more accessible. Uh, should it get to that? But uh, that's it's really cool. Well, that about rounds up our news in gaming this week. Thank you so much for everybody for tuning into episode 13 of your week in gaming. Um, a big shout out to our friends over at Esports Central for partnering with us on this uh, podcast. You can find us on Twitter at YWIG Podcast and by email at yourweekingamingpodcast at gmail.com. I am Andrew, and you can find me on Twitter at my name is Pengu. Are you sure it's not my name is Pen? <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> I I actually need to have a chat to Chris about that one and be like, so my name is Pen, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pen which, which was somebody which <laughs> Which was which is somebody else's. I feel so sorry because that person would have just been bombarded by a whole bunch of like, you know, South Africans just liking and commenting on there. So <laughs> my apologies, my name is Pen, uh, for doing that. Uh, they Funny. meant to tag me. My name is Pengu. <laughs> they did tag me, however, Nari Mizuki. Very difficult to screw that one up. So I, I say that it's probably fairly easy, but um, <laughs> they've managed to get mine right somehow. So we, we love to see it. <laughs> we we need to have a talk, Chris. <laughs> our next our next episode will be out on Friday, the twenty first of July, twenty twenty three, at seven am GMT plus two, and across all major podcast platforms. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.